0: Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to Christmas in July with the Hallmarkies Podcast. As seems to have become a yearly tradition, Rachel Wagner is here to talk about some Hallmark Lifetime rom-coms. We started this tradition on my YouTube channel pre-podcast days back in 2018, and it continued into when I started the iHeart Podcast, and then when it became iHeart Movies, and then when I spun off every version ever, and we've built up quite a big playlist on YouTube, which I'll link in the description if you'd like to check that out later. Sometimes we have Rachel and one of her many co-hosts here, other times, like today, it's just the two of us, and sometimes we have random movies they picked out for us, and other times, like today, I chose them specifically for a theme, and as you may have guessed based on what we're doing this month, we're talking Nutcrackers. When I first came up with this idea, I didn't think I'd be able to find enough rom-com content to do this. I knew there had been a Nutcracker-themed Hallmark movie a few years ago, but we usually do at least three movies for these episodes. Would there be any more? Well, as it turns out, yes, there were. One from Hallmark and one from Lifetime. So we're doing all three today. So this might be my favorite batch of these that we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but I just really liked all three of these.
1: (laughs) This is a good group. It really is. I mean, and yeah. especially if you've been doing Nutcracker movies, because those are uh, <laughs> rough. I warned you before you started. I was like, "There's a lot of really bad Nutcracker movies." So I, in the in the especially in the world of Nutcracker movies, the Hallmark Hallmark uh, movies are pretty good.
0: <laughs> they kind of are. I still have yeah. a couple left, but so far that these might be actually might be the best ones i think
1: so.
0: i hadn't really stopped to think about it but these actually might be the best nutcrackers so far well there There... was there is a stop motion special from like a british children's television program that i actually really liked so maybe that one's technically the best but as a movie these are the best
1: yeah there's uh, one that was also a special that um Stanford and I did for Obscure Animation, uh, 1973 Nutcracker. Okay. Um, that you might want to check out. I think it's uh, Soviet.
0: Okay. And then haven't there's the yet.
1: Barbie Nutcracker.
0: Yes, yeah, is- that one I will do eventually too. Yeah. I'm I'm probably I might make this a yearly thing. I haven't decided yet, <laughs> but I might just do Nutcrackers for Christmas in July for a while.
1: But it is a. It's a good group for this. uh, these three for Hallmark slash Lifetime.
0: Yeah, I don't know why, but I was surprised. I thought they were just going to be like, meh, they're fine. But I actually (laughs) liked
1: them. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, they're good.
0: (laughs) And there there wasn't one where, like a lot of times it'll be like, one is like really stand out and the others are meh, so-so. But these, I, Mm -hmm. I think I have them in order of my least to most favorite, but calling one a least favorite doesn't sound that great because it's not like it's it's only there by yeah. default it's not <laughs> well, like it actually is the least, they the really worst.
1: are totally different all three like oh, yeah yeah they're even though they're all hallmark slash lifetime movies they are quite different all three of these yeah so
0: well let's start with a nutcracker christmas from 2016 mm-hmm. and this one the only person that i really recognized was amy acker
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that everybody else is, like, dancers.
0: She actually is, too. She used to be. Mm -hmm. I I was kind of surprised. I didn't know that.
1: But, yeah, I think, like, the co-lead and, like, that's just why you wouldn't recognize them, though, because I think they're all, like, professional dancers.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, we actually got to have Amy on the podcast uh, a while back, and, uh, yeah, she told us that she was able to kind of tap into some of her ballet training Mm-hmm. uh For this role, and uh, she's so likable, so wonderful. She's exactly what you hope she would be as far as uh, an interview. uh Totally delightful.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, she seemed like a nice person. So it's, yeah, I liked her as a lead. Mm-hmm. Her her co lead, you could tell that he wasn't always an actor, but I thought he did good for somebody who doesn't usually act. Yeah, Sasha Radetsky. Mm-hmm. He's an actual ballet dancer, although he's since retired.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think everybody does like a pretty good job mm-hmm. in uh, in this movie, um, and I, I think it gets the. This is one of the more emotional Hallmark movies.
0: Yeah, there wasn't as much calm as there as there was <laughs> yeah. in I the mean, wrong. I mean, this calm. would
1: probably be on the movies and mysteries that they, they have right now on Hallmark. There's Hallmark Channel and there's Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. During Christmas, they have Countdown to Christmas on Hallmark Channel, and then they have the Miracles of Christmas on Movies and Mysteries. And usually the Miracles of Christmas are more emotional-based. Uh, mm. They're more dramatic. So this, okay. I think, if, if this was 2023, it would be on Movies and Mystery. It would be on Miracles of Christmas now because of the emotion.
0: Okay. Well, the other main person of note in the movie was the niece, Sadie, played by Sophia Lucia. Do you know anything about her?
1: I don't. I think she was also a you know dancer first.
0: Apparently, she was like a 13-year-old dance prodigy, and she apparently holds the Guinness World Record for the most consecutive pirouettes.
1: <laughs> oh, look at that.
0: She apparently is a great dancer, so that's why she got the role. And she's a pretty mm-hmm. good actress, too.
1: Yeah, but she the, did a good job.
0: The dancing is the main reason, I'm sure, because apparently she's amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what she's doing, because if she was 13 when this movie was made, then she's 20.
0: Yeah, because this is 2016, so, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I suppose she probably is continuing with dance.
1: Let's see here. I'm looking. Oh, I think she was on... Was she on Dance Moms? She's on TikTok.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody's on there these days.
1: Um, it looks like, yeah, she's, like, teaching and working in dance so yeah that's awesome okay yeah so she did a, yeah she did a good job with this i i like this movie i think it's one of the because sometimes the emotional ones from hallmark are just too much they're just not handled well mm-hmm. but i think this is handled pretty well
0: yeah At the very beginning i wasn't sure where they were going and i i was i think i i didn't understand what was happening because they have amy acker play the character through the beginning I think they needed a younger actress because I thought that she mm. was like in her thirties. And then you have this scene, like she dreams of being a ballerina. She's wins this America ballet invitational. She's going to perform in New York, but her mom doesn't want her to go. And she's like forbidding her to go. And I'm thinking to myself, she's like 30. Why is her mother <laughs> acting like this? <laughs> but then That's... she gets to New York. Finally, her, her sister convinces her mom to let her go. And then Like, a bunch of time passes, like, oh, wait, I bet she was just supposed to be playing younger than she is.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a fair point. (laughs) Although it's not as bad as sometimes uh, when they have... (laughs) uh there's one with um west brown where they he and jessica loudest uh there's a flashback of them being younger and it is painful it's so bad <laughs> it's like you're out you're like 40 you can't play a teenager anymore
0: <laughs> yeah that's probably a similar thing than what happened here <laughs> yeah
1: just hire a younger actor just for the day come on mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they do make her character kind of unlikable for a little bit. There were
0: scenes where I I was annoyed with her. Like, like, they they were fleeting, but there were scenes where I got annoyed with her. Like,
1: not wanting her niece to do the ballet and just being kind of a little bit antagonistic.
0: Yeah. Well, the first one comes... Well, when she gets to New York, she, like, falls in love with this guy who's the Nutcracker Prince. And, like, this is where I figured out that years were passing because... (laughs) You have multiple years where she does not get to be the sugar plum fairy because that's her dream. And mm-hmm. this guy, this guy's ex girlfriend always gets this role. So that's how I figured out there's a time skip. But they, in in between all these years, they become a couple. And then she finally gets the role. And then the night before she's going, when she's going on, she gets a call that her sister was killed in a car accident. And then I was like, whoa, this is. This yes, is,
1: heavy. yeah
0: because i'm like i'm expecting a rom-com so i wasn't expecting somebody to get killed in a car accident yeah but also i was kind of surprised at the time skips because like i'm just used to hallmark movies being where like the whole movie is the couple getting to know each other and falling in love over the course of the movie and they're like yeah they're a couple for years So they were really switching things up, which I appreciated.
1: (laughs) We got some variety here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this was was the first scene. Like, I I gave her some slack because her sister just got killed. But she's, like, in hysterics, which is understandable. But she's upset because Mark is her boyfriend. Doesn't want her to go on because he's afraid she's going to get hurt. And she breaks up with him, leaves New York, moves back home. I think she adopts her niece and becomes a yoga instructor. And I was, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot for the beginning of one movie. It really yeah. is. That's true.
0: <laughs> and then there's another time skip. Years later, her niece has now followed in her footsteps and become a ballerina herself. And she's given the chance to perform with the Philadelphia Ballet, in another production of the nutcracker but she's going to be clara and now it's lily's turn to be the cranky mother who doesn't want Sarah's, doesn't want her niece to go but her mother now convinces her like her sister convinced her mother to let her go so they end up moving to philadelphia and she finds out that lily's boyfriend mark the ex-boyfriend is now going to be her niece's director so then you find out that she basically ghosted him years ago. She tried to get in touch after she left, and she just never responded. And she wants to leave, but he convinces her to stay. He says that they'll they'll barely see each other. And again, this is one of those uh, brief moments where I'm annoyed with her because she wants to take her niece out of the city.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she tries. To, she doesn't even want her to be in the in the Nutcracker. Like, isn't yeah very supportive?
0: Yeah. And then she finds out they're actually neighbors, too, because the ballet company owns the building that they're living in. So he keeps showing up basically wherever they go.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Sadie wants to know what's up with them, but she refuses to talk about anything to anyone to the point where she starts lying to everybody about being a ballerina. She like gets pulled into a dance mom friend group, and she's lying to them about her past. And she eventually learns from them that Mark went into the military after she left New York. Eventually, she Basically, she starts missing dancing, and she's, like, watching people dance alone. And then she goes, and she's kind of dancing by herself in the dark, and Mark shows up and randomly invites her to go ice skating at, like, 1030 at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very Hallmark. <laughs> there,
0: there was there was a few things where I was like, this is very Hallmark. Like, the, the next day, he, like, falls into a Christmas tree stand, by they buy a Christmas tree. There was... <laughs> there was some nice hallmark cliches
1: yeah in all yeah. of these <laughs> well you've got to have your ice skating scene because that because they make these movies in the summer usually and so you can't have other winter scenes so the ice skating is the easy one because you can do it all inside <laughs> <laughs> plus it does make sense with this story you know that because you get dancing ice skating they're pretty cool
0: yeah well sadie starts having some trouble with some ballet mean girls Mm -hmm. so mark wants lily to come in and help direct and she doesn't want to but he convinces her and then she ends up having a confrontation with one of the worst ballerinas and the truth comes out about her past and then i think the dance mom starts spreading rumors about sadie like getting the role because of lily's past with mark and then she and Mark talk, and you realize she's still upset about not getting to dance on the night of her sister's death. And I was kind of annoyed with her, but at this point, she realizes that she's in the wrong and they both apologize to each other and make up. Yeah. And then this mean girl ballerina, she and her boyfriend are the Sugar Plum Fairy and the Nutcracker Prince. And they, they sort of have like an on-again, off-again thing. It was, I think it's supposed to be a callback to the beginning with Mark and his ex-girlfriend. Except here, this couple's issues are kind of exacerbated by Lily's presence. And the Sugar Plum Fairy eventually quits. So Lily now has to get her understudy ready in very little time to take over because it's getting close to Christmas. And she ends up taking a bigger role in the company. And then... This, of course, leads to her and Mark having more opportunities to get closer and they actually start dating.
1: Yes. Get a little swoon-worthy time.
0: <laughs> there were some scenes in here where I was thinking Rachel liked this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then we do get an I love you in this movie. You don't always get those in the Hallmark movies.
0: Okay. because yeah, sometimes they. One toward they... the end
1: this one they actually known each other for you know many years so it makes sense. Yeah
0: that makes sense.
1: hmm
0: Well eventually they're able to start dispelling the rumors around their relationship, but then misfortune strikes again and the sugar plum's <laughs> understudy is injured. So Mark asks Lily to take the role instead. And she initially refuses, but Sadie convinces her to do it. She does. It does not take very much to convince her to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I assume this happened in the world of ballet as well. But is, is the uh, the first year after COVID that Broadway was open? The various uh, goings on between understudies and swings this was pretty amazing to watch. There's some incredible stories. There's stories of them calling up people who had been in Wicked like a decade ago and mm. being like, can you be on a plane today? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then like the next day performing. <laughs> oh, wow. There's, there's a lot of really wild stories of them, mm. like people that had been on tours years ago. Like they, they were going, they had to go deep because... <laughs> Because mm. so many people, you know, got sick and they were being so, so, so sensitive at that time, obviously, especially because they didn't want it to get closed down again. Anyway, I bet you they had similar things uh, going on with with ballet, I'm sure. Uh, Probably. I guess that's yeah. not
0: something I ever <laughs> thought about for COVID. Oh, yeah. It, it makes sense that that would be an issue. Mm-hmm.
1: So they, but luckily they had understudies and swings (laughs) for this Mm -hmm. one. And so she agrees to do it.
0: Yeah. Much to the chagrin of her nutcracker Prince. Yeah. I think he just hates her because of what happened with the original Sugar Plum fairy. Yeah. So Mark and Lily end up getting even closer as the performance gets closer. And Lily is planning to invite him home for Christmas. But then this one dance mom, who's like the worst one, tries to start the drama up again and i'm i'm not sure how she's connected to the nutcracker prince i don't know if that's like his mom or i don't know how like i don't even know if they were to like part of this this idea but he brings the original Sugar Plum fairy back and makes it seem like it was mark's idea so lily just storms out and doesn't even ask mark about it which was another point where i was kind of annoyed with her
1: yeah (laughs) yeah like right
0: but, of course, all this was happening behind his back, so he had no idea. And he ends up getting rid of both the Sugar Plum Fairy and the Nutcracker Prince for good. And that basically means they don't have a show, and they're like, one day till Christmas, or one day till the show starts.
1: Yes, and Sadie, of course, is devastated, because she, you know, she's dreamed of being Clara.
0: Mm-hmm. But they they make up very quickly, which, yeah. thankfully.
1: <laughs> so Lily ends up being sugar plum fairy
0: Mm -hmm. and without a nutcracker she suggests that mark take the role because he's so familiar with it because he did it all those years ago and then we actually get a good chunk of the nutcracker show i was surprised Mm -hmm. i don't know why i was surprised i just figured we'd get like a glorified clip show yeah but they actually showed a good portion of the scenes like it's obviously very short compared to the actual ballet but Mm -hmm. we got we got a good chunk of the Nutcracker and I was pleasantly surprised.
1: It's true. We did get a, yeah, a good section.
0: So during intermission after Act One, the worst dance mom, she must have had some kind of official role in the ballet company because she comes to say that Sadie is the best Claire they've ever had and she's going to recommend her for a scholarship. And she's also going to request that they give Lily some kind of a permanent role because they need her there.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz we can't have truly bad moms in Hallmark movies.
0: <laughs> that's true. Everybody who was like a villain turned out to be not that bad in the end yeah. in all these. <laughs> well, I guess sort of in the last one, but we'll get there. The the boyfriend.
1: <laughs> they come they come around. Yeah, that's true. You can have a bad man of business, but other than that, you can't have a bad mom. <laughs>
0: But then Mark wants to practice more because he's nervous about the big lift in the show. And Sadie comes in and gives them advice so that they can move on with the show confidently.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then this is where you get the I love you. And towards the end of that scene, their conversation, they also Mm -hmm. kiss, which I was Mm -hmm. like, Rachel loved this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) More! I need more!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then we get a few more ballet scenes Like They really did a good chunk of the ballet. I was very happy with that. Mm -hmm. And that leads to the three of them dancing together on stage. And then the movie ends with them getting a standing ovation. And Lily thinks that she sees her sister out in the audience watching the sister that died. So it's, I think she's just sort of like imagining it. I don't think it's actually a ghost. (laughs) This isn't a fantasy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, why not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be.
1: Yeah. Hey. Uh so I'm curious, are you a big ballet fan? Why did you pick to talk about Netcracker?
0: Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like a huge ballet fan, but I think it's a cool art form. But I like a lot of different art forms.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: like I'm not a huge opera fan, but I like opera well enough and I would I would watch an opera. I don't know. I just like, Mm -hmm. I like a lot of different things. And the Nutcracker is one that I've kind of thought about doing a series on for every version ever. I'd kind of put it off because like I'm doing Christmas Carol versions and I was going to like try and do every version ever of the Christmas Carol. But there's so many. (laughs) And I was like, I want to do a different Christmas story this year.
1: (laughs) I mean, Nutcracker is notoriously awful. I mean, as far as movies, go.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's kind of fine with me.
1: Nutcracker 3D.
0: I haven't gotten to that one. I don't know when I'll get to that one. But like I don't really care if it's bad because I like talking about bad movies. I've I've grown to like them as a subject for a Mm -hmm. podcast. Like, if I was just going to sit down and watch a movie for no reason, I'd want it to be good. But if I'm going to do a podcast about something, I don't care if it's bad. Mm -hmm. So... If I That's have to watch fair. a bunch of nut, bad Nutcrackers, but I get good conversations <laughs> out of them, then I'm fine with it. That's fair.
1: Well, very good. So, what would you give this? This uh, we have five crowns on our podcast. What would you give this one by? How many crowns?
0: Um, maybe three and a half. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I think I would agree. Three and a half, maybe four.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's kind of hard because, like, I feel like. I shouldn't write them like on the scale of just regular movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I, well, I do feel- the same thing. That's why on Letterboxd I don't give uh, stars to TV movies, uh, mm, okay. but I do review them because I just feel like they're they are their own thing, and you can't really compare yeah one to another.
0: Yeah, that I know what you mean because like I don't like giving stars at all. Like I'll put them on my Letterbox reviews, but I don't love giving things stars because sometimes it's just based on my mood. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like I'll watch a movie and then I'll be like five stars, and then the day later it's like, <laughs> no, actually that's more like three point five. I don't know what I was thinking.
1: Well, I mean that's why I said you knew that that Pinocchio movie was atrocious if it if it if it broke down the nicest guy on the internet. You know it was bad.
0: Uh, yeah, I I haven't put out my full animation ranking yet, but it, it is now at the bottom. But okay. I was going to have it up slightly higher than the other bad Pinocchio, but I decided it deserved to be at the bottom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, especially with all of the talent and everything that they had, it was absolutely, I think yeah. it's, it, it really might be the worst movie that Disney's ever made. It's right up there with Mars Needs Moms. <laughs>
0: I need to watch that again. Uh, <laughs> I so watched bad. it once and I forgot everything about it.
1: Like who on earth makes a movie for little kids about moms getting taken? Like that is just <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever thought about it in that context, but that's true. That seems like yeah. a really bad idea.
1: Gather round kids. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway. All right, let's go. the next one
0: the next one is sugar plum twist this one's from 2021 did you recognize any of the actors in this because i didn't none of them i don't think Mm -hmm. i've ever seen anyone before
1: not before i saw the movie but i've since interviewed ector rivera and uh and so i um i know him now (laughs) (laughs) okay the love interest um yeah so it was new it was a new cast it was interesting because they released this movie at first to Hallmark Movies Now. Uh, And then at the end of the season, it got a regular Hallmark Channel release. Uh, And so some people were like, oh, it's because it's not very good that they gave it the Hallmark Movies Now release. And then other people thought, oh, it's because it is good and that they wanted to feature it. But I enjoyed it. I thought it the idea of taking a new fresh look at the Nutcracker with a, you know, Mm -hmm. a different culture. I thought it was kind of interesting and creative. And uh, for our recap that we did with it, we had Lila Fitzgerald, who uh, is, uh, she's not currently working as a uh, ballet dancer uh, in Vancouver, but she has, she's trained. Um, She is also a trained actress and now she's written a book. She's Unbelievable, incredible young lady. Uh, But it was, I thought it was a very, very good discussion that we had with her, uh, not only about the movie and she, you know, we all enjoyed the movie, but we talked a a little bit about ballet as an art form and some of the, um, she felt like negative implications of, uh, of the Nutcracker being, you know, so iconic and such a part of so many companies with some of the cultural stereotypes you know mm-hmm. the the different parts of the ballet have, which I never really thought about before, and I thought mm-hmm. it was a, a a really good discussion. So I I I kind of feel sort of a, a warmness for this movie, almost more for the podcast that I had around it than the um, movie itself. I mean, it's fine, I enjoy it, but but that was a really good episode of the podcast. I thought.
0: Yeah, I, I actually really liked this one, probably because of the mixing music styles. Yeah, like, I I like when people mix different music styles. I think it's yeah. really cool to do twists on different things.
1: It's a creative idea.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I'd ever heard like a Latin flared ba- yeah. ballet nutcracker before, and I really yeah. liked that about
1: this. Yeah, it makes you think like that would be sort of a fun thing for a company to do. Yeah. If they were willing to take like a little bit of risk would be kind of fun.
0: I think there are some like smaller productions of different, not this specifically, but like there's the hip hop nutcracker. Oh yeah. That that move, that special on Disney plus was actually a stage show. Like it's apparently it's been running 10 years and I'd never heard about it. Oh really? Yeah. They do some smaller things like that, but it never gets as wide as like the actual nutcracker like Miss Cat like that's like that that attitude that she has about I don't know the purity of the ballet or whatever
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that seems to be like a prevailing thing so that's why the main the regular normal ballet is like the gold standard I guess I don't know
1: yeah um, the director of this is kind of interesting because he is the Eric Close has done a bunch of directing, but then also acting uh, in homework uh, uh, movies and also, mm. uh, like I said, and also directing. So that's kind of always interesting when you get that crossover.
0: Yeah. Well, this movie is about Natalia, who is a ballerina who is moving back home to be with her family. I think she like got injured or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what happened. But she's now going to be the assistant choreography for a local production of The Nutcracker, and her boss is this Miss Cat who is, like, kind of stuck up. She's stuck in her ways. Yeah. She she wants the ballet to be pure or whatever. Old school. Yes. And they need a new Sugar Plum Fairy, and Natalia suggests they try to cast Local, which she kind of balks at that idea at first, but she says she's too busy, so she'll leave it up to Natalia. And then you meet Viviana, who is another dancer in town. She additions to be the Sugar Plum Fairy. She's... A salsa dancer and she teaches at her family's dance studio and then there's another ballerina that you meet named meredith she's kind of another mean girl ballerina but she's not as bad as the one in the previous movie <laughs> <laughs> and you also meet mateo who is a lighting guy and he's natalia's love interest here
1: yeah. I like Ector a lot. He's not given as much to do. This movie isn't that much of a romance, which is kind of nice. He's given a lot more to do in, uh, he was in a movie with Lacey Chabert called Groundswell and he plays a surf instructor. He's very hunky <laughs> and uh, and uh, given a pretty good little dramatic arc in that movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's, mm. it's a good one. So okay. if you want to see more of him, but he's very <laughs> handsome.
0: so the local auditions happen and the mean girl meredith gets the part uh miss cat thinks that vivian doesn't have good enough form and she's making i think she's like dissing the salsa dancing because she talks about the other dancing in her background being evident through her form Mm. something like that
1: well i mean it makes sense because ballet is like totally different than yeah than ballroom dancing very different.
0: Miss Cat ends up shutting down any other ideas from Natalia, despite the fact that she liked her cast locally. idea, she doesn't want any more ideas. That she, I think Natalia is like aiming to be like the lead choreographer, but she doesn't want her to be that. She thinks she's too inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So Viviana, even though she didn't get the part, she stuck around because she wanted to talk to Natalia after the additions because she was like her dance idol as a kid and natalia encourages her to keep going and offers advice if she needs it in the future yeah later on there's this tree lighting ceremony and everybody goes to that vivian is there with her family the mean girl is even there and natalia runs into mateo and learns about his backstory he has a ton of things that he does in addition to lighting. He teaches English literature, runs the drama club, and he's developing a new citywide theater program for the school system. And then her family is all looking at each other like they know something's up with them.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of teasing.
0: <laughs> and Viviana is later getting ready for a party with her family. And she's introduced to Justin, who is a music producer. And her family basically forces them to go to a store to get ugly Christmas sweaters for the party. And he lets her listen to some stuff that he's working on, but she wants him to be doing Christmas music. Uh-huh. And then while they're out, Natalia calls her and wants to get together. She can't stop thinking about her dancing. She says that she's inspired by her, and they're they're inspired by each other, basically. And Viviana really wants to be a professional ballet dancer, so they're going to keep working together and like help her come up with like a reel that she can send around to try and get a job and Matteo ends up actually taking Natalia out on a date they talk about their lives their jobs he used to act and he talks about his new theater program she talks about her issues with Miss Cat, and he suggests doing an alternate version of the Nutcracker which she thinks Miss Cat would just find horrible sacrilegious and he encourages her to talk to her again But then when she goes back, she finds that she's hired a new choreographer, somebody that she knows. So it's not like a huge deal, but she's still disappointed that she didn't get the job. And she's later on telling her friend about everything, saying that she just wants to choreograph something to prove that she'd be capable of doing this. So she ends up deciding to work with Viviana and choreograph a dance just for her. That way, she gets her reel, she gets to choreograph something. It's like a win win for both of them. Then you get another obligatory Hallmark scene. It's like a big baking montage. <laughs> but I th- I like that this is all like Latin American dishes. So you, you don't have just like gingerbread houses and Christmas cookies, it's like actual things that you would find at a Mexican Christmas. Or I think they're Puerto Rican, but it's a lot of stuff that you would find. Like, I recognize stuff from a Mexican bakery that I've gone to with my cousin. So mm-hmm. it's it's all Latin flavors, I guess. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was cool.
1: Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, they do a pretty good job of bringing the culture to yeah. the movie. And, uh, you know, the the I think the cast is all strong.
0: Yeah. You, you get a lot of, like, little details, like the, I, th- I think the mother... I don't know if it's a mother and father or just the mother, but they they like speak two languages. Yeah. So you you have some some lines that they have to subtitle, which is kind of cool because, like, people who are multilingual will do that. They'll just kind of go from one to the other if, if they're speaking to somebody else who is also speaks both languages.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate when they do that.
0: It, it reminded me of Spider Verse
1: because
0: <laughs> his mom does that yeah. a lot in Spider Verse.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a really good one this last season called Merry Texmas, where they do that. And it's actually set in Oaxaca, all filmed there. And uh, they they go back and forth in between the different languages, which is accurate. And that's how it would be. Mm -hmm.
0: So they have a big Christmas party. And when Justin arrives, he has Christmas music like Viviana had requested. And he offers this towards the ballet reel that they're working on. Then the next yeah. day, Natalia has to take over for the choreographer for a while. And Matteo tells her that he saw Miss Cat watching her, and she looked very impressed by how well she was doing directing the dancers. And Natalia and Viviana keep working on their choreography together. They use one of Justin's tracks, and Natalia basically just tells Viviana to just go with the music. Don't think about like what she has to do, just dance how she feels. And they end up incorporating both salsa and ballet techniques into her performance they decide to do like a fusion dance of latin music and ballet for a nutcracker piece and through all this natalia and Matteo keep dating they're getting a lot closer he's encouraging her through her project and she's suggesting Mm -hmm. things for his and eventually they get their routine worked out and they're practicing at the theater that natalia works at and miss cat walks in on them freaks out and suspends natalia and this is like the the part where i was like kind of annoyed with natalia for some reason she decides to blame Matteo for this like he's he like sticks up for her and she acts like it's his fault that she got suspended this doesn't last very long they make up pretty quickly but i was i was kind of annoyed with her at that point
1: yeah it didn't seem like he'd really done much to make her. yeah you know <laughs> anything he'd helped her
0: yeah so Matteo leaves, and the new choreographer comes in and wondered what happened. And she tells him, and he offers to buy her a drink. And she just tells him about everything that's been going on, how she just wants to inject a little something new into classic dances. There's so many other styles of dancing, and she wants to do more beyond just ballet, which he agrees, and he says he's also looking for something new. And I'm not sure how much time passes. It might be the next day. Viviana visits to apologize again. And tells her that Mateo's been trying to get a hold of her, but she hasn't been answering the phone. And she basically convinces her to talk to Mateo again. Then you get back to the theater, and the choreographer and a bunch of performers are talking up Natalia's work to Miss Cat. Apparently she's been like totally oblivious to how much Natalia had been doing for her. They're, like, way ahead of schedule, thanks to everything she'd been doing. And she just seems shocked to discover that she'd accomplished all this before she'd sacked her.
1: Yeah, but I feel like that makes sense for her character, because she's kind of, you know, like, she's not down doing the nitty-gritty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'd think that she would know more about what Natalia's doing. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't love Miss Cat as a character. Like, she kind of redeems herself eventually, but at this point... I'm, I'm she's kind of your her. bad
1: woman of business
0: yes yes
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but viviana and justin eventually put together a plan to set natalia and Matteo back up they meet at a christmas event and they kiss and make up and then she gets a call from miss cat who wants to meet her to apologize and then she explains that she was betrayed by her last choreographer and she thought it was happening again and overreacted so she asks her to come back, and she agrees as long as she considers to that they explore other ideas, some of which include adding new musical influences and letting her keep working with Viviana, which she sort of reluctantly agrees to. I think she's kind of okay with it, but at this point, I wasn't giving her the benefit of the doubt, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I'm still kind of annoyed with her for her overreaction. But... She quickly gets back in my good graces because she goes to visit Viviana and Justin and she wants to talk to them about something. You don't find out what yet, but she's putting together a plan. So then it's the opening night for the Nutcracker and the mean girl ballerina is freaking out because she heard a rumor about a new Sugar Plum fairy and thinks she's going to be replaced. But Natalia assures her it's not true. And then Viviana's family shows up without her and nobody knows where she is. And then you get a few ballet scenes it's not quite as many as the last movie but a good amount i i appreciated mm-hmm. that and then after the show miss cat takes the stage and she says not over first she announces that natalia is going to be their new principal choreographer and then the current choreographer tells her that he's not staying she deserves the position and she goes on stage to accept and thank everyone and then Miss Cat hands her a card to read, and she announces a surprise performance of The Sugar Plum Twist, which is a dance that she choreographed with Viviana, and you get this whole performance, which I really appreciated. I loved the music.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Like I said, the sort of the fresh take, the Latin take on Nutcracker was the best part of this movie.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's a clever idea.
0: And afterwards, you get Her discovering that this whole thing was actually Miss Kat's idea. So she really has changed. And then she takes Mateo outside and tells him that she set him up with the chair of the ballet company's board. And this is apparently somebody who can help him with his theater project. And then they kiss as the snow falls.
1: Yes. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, I think I'd give this uh, the same, I think, as the other one. I think
0: I would, too. I, yeah. I liked it slightly more because of the music. But yeah, it's story-wise, it, I liked it about the same. Just the music mm-hmm. put a little over the top for me. Yeah. Yeah. Are you enjoying this episode of the podcast? Do you want more content for me and my friends on the iHeartMovies Podcast Network? We have exclusive bonus episodes, extended episodes, preview content, and more waiting for you right now on Patreon patrons also get the chance to request episodes so if you want me to cover something i've never done before sign up and let me know
1: and now we're we're talking about the craziest one of all
0: (laughs) this one actually ended up being my favorite
1: (laughs) (laughs) doesn't surprise me
0: (laughs) like it was it was like cheesy but in the best way possible
1: (laughs) yeah so funny hilarious
0: (laughs) yeah and the others the previous two were sort of just like nutcracker themed this one actually incorporated like a tiny bit more of the story like into the backstory of the nutcracker and I, i i don't know how much of that i was expecting like i wasn't really expecting like this is obviously not the the ballet or the book but they take like little elements here and there and sprinkle it throughout the story
1: yeah they don't have any any dancing in this one at all,
0: no, but no. that's fine i i I kind of appreciated that they were kind of leaning more towards the story rather than the dance. I thought it was mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting i was i don't know I was just surprised that it was very it was more about the story than the ballet,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's just like a fun bonkers. It's the calm and the rom-com.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. This is definitely more calm than rom. (laughs) There was definitely some rom, but it was very, it was like a sitcom (laughs) almost. I think that's why I was able to like forgive the cheesiness because they knew what this was and they leaned into it. And I really like it. cheese
1: is a good thing. Cheese isn't necessarily a bad thing. It kind of reminded me of Kate and Leopold's and if you ever saw that I with you, Jackman. Too. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen that in years, and I haven't like I've forgotten most of it. But for, that was one of the things I was thinking of. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that.
1: I love that movie. And I love uh, when he makes her, it's like a little piece of toast with like cream cheese and uh and strawberries. And she's like she like gets emotional. She's like, You made this for me. <laughs> <laughs> because uh that that I mean that's the whole point of that movie is like what a modern overworked woman thinks of a man who's so kind of respectful mm-hmm. and treats her like a a princess basically a lady so but yeah it's kind of similar to there to here his doting nature on her is really funny
0: yeah and
1: and I I just appreciate that Barry Watson like just plays a straight he's just yes. yeah it's really funny
0: yeah i think this one had more people in it that i recognized even though i wasn't i couldn't remember where i recognized everyone from well, obviously melissa joan hart sabrina the teenage witch she's like the most obvious but barry watson was matt on seventh heaven which i yep. watched a lot when i was a teenager
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then all the other bit part people i recognized too i didn't know where i'd recognize them from
1: yeah i
0: wrote their names down to marissa Wincor as rosa
1: yeah, so she was the original Tracy Turnblad on Broadway, on Hairspray. Um, oh, and so that's okay. where I know her most of all. She won a Tony for that. Uh, but she's also done some other stuff. She was one of Drew Barrymore's friend in Fever Pitch. She's done a few other. She won for Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> mm. you watch
0: watched it. Okay, no, I haven't watched that.
1: <laughs> uh, so she won that. Um, some other stuff. And
0: then you also have, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Rizwan Manji as justin
1: and mm-hmm. i recognized
0: his face because he's been on a lot of things that i'd seen but only in like like one or two episodes of like a disney channel show so he he's somebody whose face is very familiar he just hadn't been like the main role in something so uh-huh. there wasn't like one thing that i could point to and like that's where i know him from but he mm-hmm. was just one of those faces where he's like in the background of lots of things that i've seen
1: mm yeah
0: And I think that was the same with the person who played Clara Conchata Farrell. She's just somebody who's just been in a lot of like sitcoms and things.
1: Yeah, it's a fun cast.
0: Yeah, they're all really good. Uh I think they're all like sitcom actors. So that's probably why it felt like a sitcom to me. (laughs) Yeah. But I really liked how this one opened. There's like a baking montage set to the Nutcracker music. (laughs) Like the Nutcracker music is like, really woven into the score of this film which i really liked like the nutcracker music is all over this movie Hmm. like even in places where you wouldn't like if unless like i've seen a bunch of nutcrackers recently so that's why i noticed more like i don't think most people would notice like the the small bits but like in the background of like even the quiet moments it was like oh there's some nutcracker playing in there
1: (laughs) yeah that makes sense i forgot about that
0: yeah i i really liked that But you have Melissa Joan Hart playing Kate Holiday, who owns a bakery called the Dancing Flowers. F-L-O-U-R-S. Clever. (laughs) And at first she seems to be like a micromanaging, stressed-out boss, but I think it's just the fact that they're overworked at this point, because her employees are also her friends, Justin and Rosa. And they get a phone call like doubling this massive order, so now they have to make like 15,000 cookies. So I think... The way she initially comes off is kind of micromanaging, stressed out. It's just because of what's happening now. She mellows out later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think she's just kind of stressed out.
0: Mm-hmm. But then Santa shows up at the bakery with a ton of kids, and it turns out it's her ex-boyfriend, Mark, or soon-to-be ex-boyfriend. <laughs> because I, I think in a roundabout G-rated sort of way, he's confessing to cheating on her, and then he breaks up with her. And he he's like, I don't know, he, he's the worst. He like he grabs one of her cookies and like crunches it up in his hand, saying that's the way the relationship crumbles.
1: Yeah, he is bad. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>
0: and this whole scene where he's like breaking up with her, I was also I was kind of distracted by her because like I kind of grew up in a bakery and then I worked in a professional bakery for a while. Like, off and on, because I worked at a grocery store that had a bakery and I was kind of in and out of there. The way she is making cookies is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) She, like, has fully finished dough. And she's, like, squirting on a huge amount of gel food coloring and kneading it into the dough by hand. Oh, yeah. And then she's, like, wiping it on her face. And I'm like, how is she not getting shut down? (laughs) She should be wearing gloves. The food coloring should be going in when you're adding your wet ingredients. You don't knead it into the dough after the fact, and then the timer goes off. So she's got to get the stuff out of the oven, and her hands are like covered in cookie glop. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, so that's probably
1: true. There's some definite regular, <laughs> there's some definite held uh, held violations going
0: on. <laughs> I mean, I was able to forgive it because this is a ridiculous movie, but I was just like. Yeah. I don't know how much people would notice that. It's just me having worked at a bakery for so long. (laughs) I'm like, this is not how you do cookies.
1: (laughs) But they got to get her to the breaking point or she she wishes (laughs) for uh, some help.
0: Yeah, (laughs) she's like drowning her sorrows in eggnog after she's... Had this traumatizing experience she's like drinking out of a giant bakery sized six cup glass measuring cup she's got eggnog in this thing yeah and her friends they're like talking about they're they're glad that they finally broke up he's like apparently was some kind of annoying method actor and nobody liked him and they have this line about some people miss all the signs and then they look at each other and you can tell that they're missing the signs because there's something between them but it's it's kind of like cheesy but cute in a non-annoying kind of way
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then Rosa goes and she's like trying to stop her from drinking all the eggnog and trying to get her to hire some help and I, I, this is kind of a dumb joke but I also loved it where she's like talking about hanging holiday decorations and it's this help wanted sign She's like, that's not a holiday decoration. So she slaps
1: a bow on it. (laughs) You make it work.
0: (laughs) So Kate has to go to the post office to mail Christmas gifts. She talks like she can't go home for Christmas this year because she has too many cookies ordered. She's like not in the Christmas spirit for like the first part of this movie, I guess with good reason. (laughs) And then she keeps running into people who are asking her about going to this ball, including her friend Ginger who I think is supposed to be a reference to Mother Ginger, especially because this Ginger is a mother. She has, like, a dozen kids around her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I, I'm, like, 99% sure that's a reference, but it's also kind of subtle, so I appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> and I also liked, like, after she's had all these people talking to her about going to the ball, the last one tries to talk to her, and she yells, I'm not going to the ball, Mark, dump me! <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's a funny movie
0: it is so since she's not going home to see her family her friend clara another reference who works at the post office offers to spend christmas with her and takes her shopping and i love that they have this like intergenerational friendship you don't see very many of those because clara's like maybe 70 and mm-hmm. she's probably in her 30s maybe 40s i I like that they had such a big age gap in their like best friends
1: yeah that's true yeah that was nice
0: so they end up going to this like christmas market i think i'm not sure i think all these buildings are like right together there's like this town square or something and i think that this christmas market is in the middle of like where the bakery and the post office and also a bar that comes up later is i think it's just kind of like the center of town i guess but it's all like right here in this place and she meets drosselmeyer the most overt reference to the story (laughs) and he tells her about the nutcracker and says he has the original nutcracker and he gives it to her and you also have a scene here with clara buying them a christmas tree which is just like the most hilariously sad looking charlie brown christmas tree ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah and clara's laughing like it's a joke but kate takes it home and sets it up even though it's very spindly
1: yeah. Well, and the guy who plays uh, the uh, Drosselmeyer, he's in a ton of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. He had like 400 some credits on IMDb. He was another one of those faces where it's like, I know him, but I don't know why I know him. I think oh, He, yeah. just he been does in...
1: 411. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. I think he's just been in so many things in bit parts that he's just kind of one of those faces. Mm-hmm. But she gets this nutcracker home and unpacks him and tells him that he was her favorite decoration as a kid and that she used to have a crush on him when she was a little girl and then he accidentally gets broken just like in the story and she fixes him and goes to bed but when she wakes up he's come to life and she thinks that it's a guy who booked her spare room on whatever the lifetime version of airbnb is i don't think they ever gave the app a name but it's like a house sharing app yeah apparently the guy who had originally booked the room was going he was like going to be an actor in the town's production of the nutcracker so when this guy starts talking weird and acting like he's actually the nutcracker she thinks he's like her crazy ex who is also a method actor so she doesn't really question any of this even he doesn't even have luggage and she just assumes that the airline lost it so she goes to work and he follows her there he's like standing in the middle of traffic and acting like buddy the elf he's just going around all the shops and the Christmas park acting crazy, and she's following him for some reason, trying to get him to go back home. And it's like, I know he's like a guest in her home, but he's just somebody who's renting a room. She doesn't need to feel obligated to care for him. Yeah. (laughs) But this all leads up to a confrontation with her ex, who, like we said earlier, is playing Santa. So she takes him over to his little gazebo thing and pretends that he's her new boyfriend to make him jealous. And then they go back to the bakery and he volunteers to help. And he ends up being like extremely strong, strong enough to crack nuts in his bare hands, which apparently is perfect because their nut cracking machine just broke, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, what kind of a bakery orders nuts with the shells still on? It yeah. has a machine to, <laughs> that's not a cost or time effective use of resources. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it works for the story. Like, I was able to forgive anything that was ridiculous, because this whole thing is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, because it was (laughs) so funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he cracks all their nuts, and Kate hires him on the spot. (laughs) And then they learned his name is Chip for some reason. I'm not really sure where that came from. I was trying to figure out if it was a reference to something, but like...
1: So like Chip and Dale, kind of, or...?
0: I don't know. Chipmunks. I, I was like, I because I have a copy of the Chips. book, and I was like flipping through the book. Is the name Chip in this book anywhere? I could not find the name Chip in the Nutcracker, so I don't know <laughs> if it's actually a reference <laughs> or they just wanted to give him a name.
1: I think it's just like a name associated with nuts,
0: maybe, and probably you know,
1: Chip and chipmunks and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably true. I'm I'm sure this is one of those things where I was overthinking. It. <laughs> <laughs> So she's showing him around her business. She's telling him that she names all her cookies after family members. And she gives him a Sabrina snickerdoodle. (laughs) Like she was naming all these cookies. I was like, well, obviously that one is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I was like going through her IMDb trying to figure out if all the other names were references. But I don't think they were. (laughs) I spent way too long trying to figure out what all (laughs) these things were. And I don't think they were anything. But eventually you figure out that he seems like he's infatuated with her. And meanwhile, Rosa is watching them, and she seems to be infatuated with them as a couple. And Justin is watching her, and he seems to be just infatuated with Rosa, and she doesn't notice. (laughs) So that night, they go and they have dinner with Clara. And (laughs) this is such a weird thing, to (laughs) a weird detail for me to love. But she has a smart device like an Alexa or a Siri, but this one's name is Ava, and it sounds like it has a husky smoker's voice. (laughs) i just love that it's so ridiculous it's like a half second joke and it's one of my favorite parts
1: (laughs) yeah that's funny
0: (laughs) so kate is busy with work stuff they had lost a huge order that day she's trying to figure out what to do so clara takes chip away to give her some space and she says that chip reminds her a lot of her nephew who's supposed to be coming home for christmas but she's not sure he's gonna make it and then she gives him some new clothes that are like from the 80s or 90s for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why, but the new clothes don't last very long. He's, he changes back to the Nutcracker outfit. So it's just like, <laughs> it's a weird joke for one scene. A weird joke that I didn't really understand. I don't know if it was supposed to reference his time on 7th Heaven or what. Maybe he wore something like that at 7th Heaven.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's been too long since I watched that.
1: Yeah, I guess she has old school taste.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But Kate wakes up the next morning. She finds out her house has been completely decorated for Christmas, so I guess the nutcracker doesn't need to sleep. He can just work all night. And they go to work and discover that Rosa has posted a video of him cracking nuts and it went viral, apparently. And they're now overrun with customers, which makes Everyone up for their wants loss. wants the
1: nuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this, this makes up for their loss the previous day. So then there's more talk about this Christmas ball and Chip wants Kate to go with him. And she's now finally in the Christmas spirit, so she agrees. And you have Justin here also trying to get Rosa to notice him, and she's not paying attention. And then there's a dress montage with her friend Ginger. I don't know if that's like a thing, but it seemed like a thing that would be in Hallmark or Lifetime movies, some kind of a yeah. dress montage.
1: <laughs> there there are a lot of times there are makeover scene or something like that in, mm-hmm. in these rom-coms.
0: So then it's the night of this ball, and Chip picks her up in this horse-drawn carriage, and he gives her some ruby earrings, and she gives him a scarf. And then they pull up, and her ex is there looking peeved. And they go inside, and Kate talks about, like, there's a silent auction, and she's, like, explaining what a silent auction is, which is important for later. And Justin and Rose are also there. I, I don't know if there's supposed to be a couple now, or they just showed up at the same time. But they're both trying to win a trip to Hawaii. And Kate and Chip are talking about his life. And he talks about being a soldier in Germany and, like, fighting a war in some mountains. And she's, like, says something about, I need to pay more attention to the news. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably referencing some war in the 1800s. But (laughs) I liked her reaction.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's a soldier, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then at dinner, Mark's date is trying to flirt with Chip Apparently, she's some kind of a masseuse, and she's trying to massage his hands. She was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Then Mark is, like, jealous. So he's, like, trying to go outbid her on all the silent auction things. And Chip follows him and rebids for Kate after he's done his. And this is, like, right before it closes. So he gets the last bid on everything. And then you get more Nutcracker music, and they go out to dance. And Mark is trying to dance with Kate and then Rosa and then his own date, and nobody will dance with him. And then after that is the results of the silent auction, Kate wins everything. Even the drawing, which it wasn't the same type of uh, the auction thing. It was like purchasing tickets, but she wins that because he bought a bunch more tickets for her. And then when Ginger draws the winner, she name drops the title. Looks like someone is going to have a very nutty Christmas. (laughs) And the next morning, Chip goes to work early. He's baking cookies. There's another nutcracker music baking montage and they end up making so many cookies they can take the day off then you get a montage of them on a day-long date building snowmen caroling going shopping ice skating
1: yeah and we get a min movie kiss that's pretty fun
0: (laughs) yes i figured you would like that (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) so then after this date it's time to get ready to go to the nutcracker show and she goes home and then gets a notification on her phone from their house sharing app saying that her guest has canceled his reservation. And she thinks this is weird because she has her guest. So she goes and checks under the mat where her key was. And it's still there, which basically means Chip never used it to get in her house. And I, I'm i not sure exactly what her thought process here is because I think that she's figuring out that he's the nutcracker. But I don't really know how. Because, like, she checked for the key, and then she went to find Drosselmeyer, but discovers he's gone back to Germany. And then she goes to the Nutcracker performance and asks Chip why he isn't on stage. And they're arguing, and everybody's shushing them, and she says they'll talk after the show. But then it's like she's figuring it out while they're watching the ballet, because she's, like, noticing similarities with the story and her last few days with Chip. So I'm not sure exactly how she figured it all out because it seemed like she figured it out before but then during the show i don't know i didn't care
1: mm-hmm. yeah this <laughs> just something i, I was you. thinking too hard
0: about <laughs> <laughs> so after the show she's asking if he was ever going to tell her it wasn't real and he says it's the most real he's ever been and he walks her home And then the next day, it's Christmas Eve, and she erases the sign that says one day till Christmas and puts zero. And I was like, I hate it when people do that, because there's still one day till Christmas. (laughs) If it's (laughs) Christmas Eve, you say there's one day till Christmas.
1: (laughs) Well, a lot of those Advent calendars end on Christmas Eve, though.
0: Maybe, but I don't like that. (laughs) I think that's a me issue, but I, there's a lot of people who say if there's one day till something, they'll say there's no days till something. And I think they should still say there's one day till something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Chip shows up to work the last day because he's he he has made it clear that he's going to be gone on Christmas. And she just basically tells him he has to leave, but he won't leave. He stands outside the bakery and he says he's waiting for the Mouse King. And Justin goes out to talk to him, and he insists to Justin that the Mouse King is coming. He has to protect Kate. And Justin says the Mouse King is not coming. He needs to give Kate some time. And Rosa talks to Kate, and Kate tells her that the Nutcracker isn't real. But Rosa does not seem phased by this. Like, if she was talking like this to me, I would think she's going a bit crazy, but Rosa doesn't care.
1: You need to have one person who really believes in the magic. <laughs>
0: So she convinces her to give him another chance. And then Chip leaves at this point. He goes to the bar and gets this cherry float drink thing. (laughs) Mark shows up as Santa still and finds out they broke up. So he tells the bartender to distract Chip and he's going to go try and win Kate back. During all this, Kate is trying to find Chip. And she runs into Mark and asks if he's seen Chip, but he lies and said he hasn't. And he's trying to weirdly flirt with her. He's telling her he broke up with his girlfriend, but she's ignoring him. And then she has to leave because a delivery truck is there to pick up the shipment of cookies that they've been working on. so I'm not sure what is up with this shipping company. It's like they're the mob or something. <laughs> I'm not sure what they are. They're like trying to extort her for thousands of dollars or they won't deliver her stuff. But the this company is Mousel and Sons Trucking. But you see Chip is at the bar and like outside the bar, there's this light pole that's like blocking the middle of the logo. So he sees Mouse King and he races off to save her. (laughs) She tells him that this isn't his Mouse King, but this one is just as evil. And then she tells the trucking guys that if they don't deliver her cookies, she'll let this nutcracker take care of them. So That's
1: pretty clever, I feel like. Yeah, in a
0: in a sitcommy cheesy sort of way, yes. I like that. <laughs> so then Mark shows up and again he is dressed as Santa and he there's like a bunch of kids around him and Chip mentions seeing him at the bar and <laughs> the this they basically reveal that he's a liar and then all the kids start booing him and chase him away. <laughs> <laughs> you could like if you looked at the kids faces you could tell they really liked doing this (laughs) they were like really happy to be booing and chasing this man (laughs) (laughs) so now they don't have a santa so chip takes his place at the christmas party like reading the kids a story and just replaces santa in the story with the nutcracker and then after the party they go home and get eggnog but the power goes out and then they end up sitting in the dark and falling asleep on the couch and when she wakes up back to being a toy and she finds a note that says see you next christmas and then the lights come back on and kate goes out to deliver her gifts all the things that she's won at the silent auction have now become the gift she's giving it to all her friends and she tells clara when to be at her house for christmas dinner and then she's going to go invite all her other friends and discovers that justin and rosa have now officially become a couple so she gives them her hawaiian vacation that she won as well as a week off paid vacation and then everybody's arriving for her christmas party and there's somebody at the door in a soldier uniform which she mistakes for chip and it actually is clara's nephew who she said chip reminded her so much of and he's he was actually in germany and he he's like acts like he's chip like it's like the reincarnation of the nutcracker because he's like breaking nuts with his hands and like he's treating her the way that chip treated her It's like he's basically the Nutcracker, just a different actor playing him. Mm -hmm. And he brings her a gift to thank her for being such a good friend to his aunt, which it's an authentic German Nutcracker, with a note to her from the guy that sold it to him, which turned out to be Drosselmeyer. So he apparently moved fast to getting from their little town in the U.S. to Germany Mm -hmm. and then back to work where he moved real fast.
1: (laughs) Well, and when you have Santa Powers... You can do anything.
0: Probably yes. This was definitely a fantasy, so maybe he did have powers. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the end of that one.
1: Yeah, I'd probably give this one like a four point two five. It's really funny, and that's the most important thing. If comedy, yeah. if comedy makes you laugh, that's what it's got to do.
0: Yeah, I was thinking I'd probably do like four and a half stars. This one is my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I really didn't. Funny. I didn't
0: really know what to what I was going to think going in, but the more stuff kept happening i was like this is pretty great
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's really and everybody just plays it straight which makes it funny
0: yeah yeah no i really liked that Mm -hmm. like i like melissa joan Hart; she's great and Mm -hmm. everybody was great in this i think it worked perfectly that they got so many sitcom actors because they're kind of good at doing ridiculous things but acting like it's normal
1: (laughs) right yeah i can see that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this one was my favorite
1: yeah, it was fun. Like we said, good set.
0: Yeah, this one was, it was very, very Nutcracker. Like the others were like Nutcracker themed and themed around putting on the ballet. But I liked that this one was actually, it was like, not that this is an adaptation of the story of the Nutcracker, but it was like, it had a lot of nods and references, which I really liked and wasn't really expecting.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. I, I, I'd i even forgotten, like you were saying about the music and some other things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a good job with it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the nice thing about Lifetime is they tend to lean a little bit more into the comedy than okay. homework does.
0: I, I wondered about that i wasn't sure how how it was going to be different because i know lifetime is not the same as hallmark even though they sort of have a similar audience yeah but i, I liked that they were more comedic than the hallmark ones
1: yeah well i mean when we're talking about the christmas because of course during the rest of the year they do the thrillers but for the christmas that's, that's time true.
0: i've heard of that <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like the true crime drama stuff
1: yeah yeah uh but uh you know their owned lifetime is owned by disney so I think you can of oh. see that influence.
0: Okay. I didn't know that, but I guess that makes sense. Disney owns half of everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, very good. I'll be curious to see what other versions you do. <laughs> I have a bunch. I've, yeah. I've,
0: I think I'm doing too many.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for joining me. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to do something a little bit different this time. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of Christmas Carol versions. I wasn't sure if there was gonna be enough nutcracker content, but I was happy with what I found. So
1: Yeah. Sounds like even there's more to even do later on.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised at how many other nutcrackers there are. I didn't think there was gonna be that many, but I keep finding more. Yeah.
1: I've
0: I've got I probably could do a nutcracker series for a couple more years if I wanted to. Maybe even longer. Well, anyways, thanks for joining me. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you?
1: Yeah, it was really, really fun. Uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Got a lot of Christmas content uh, on my uh, content there, but then also, of course, at Homeworkies Podcast. Uh, We cover all things Christmas. And there are three Christmas in July movies this year for Hallmark. So we're going to be busy, busy, busy this season.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, if you like Hallmark movies, definitely check out her podcast because she's like the queen of Hallmark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's uh, Lacey Javier and then me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, until next time.